Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Commissioner Bender, please. And Dave and, and, and Mary and the principals uh, in attendance from Cat Country and 98.7. Uh, I have an Escambia County proclamation. Whereas in 1987, Dave and Mary Hoxing applied to the Federal Communications Commission to construct a new radio station in Pensacola. In 2003, construction was completed on a new 100,000 watt, 942 foot tower on 40 acres west of Muskogee and the FCC license was issued. The new FM radio station, WYCT, now known as Cat Country 98.7, was built to serve the greater Pensacola area. WYCT made its debut as Christmas Radio 98.7 in November 2003 and switched to pre-recorded country music on December 26, 2003. Live broadcasting started in January 2004 with on-air personalities Cindy Anderson, Kevin King, Charlie Crabb, and Denver Leonard. WYCT was the first radio station in Florida to broadcast in high-quality digital HD radio. Oh, man. It's so cool to get a little recognition from the Escambia County Commission last night for our sister station, the first station in our four-station cluster, Cat Country 98.7, and our owners, founders, and uh, really, uh, I mean, dream makers, honestly, Dave and Mary Hoxing. The level of device... Yes, it's it's a bit of a history there to explain how Cat Country got on the air. You have no idea all of the years before that and all the FCC stuff and all of the work that went into getting Cat Country on the air as the first station and us on the air at 1620 AM and then eventually at 92.3 and then you know ESPN Pensacola and the playlist. And then since then, all of the things that are done by Cat Country for the community. And whereas WYCT, Cat Country 98.7, is a standout among broadcasting companies as they are family owned and operated by Dave and Mary Hoxing. Cat Country is constantly giving back to our community. In November 2023, Cat Country hosted its ninth miracle on Palafox to raise over 17,000 to support families in need with Christmas wishes through the United Way of West Florida. In August 2023, Cat Country organized and broadcasted with TV partner WEAR the fifth annual Cat Country Cares for Kids Radiothon and raised over 219000 to benefit the Studer Family Children's Hospital. All kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, we partner with Channel 3 and we partner with our sister station, Cat Country. But, man, they, they really do. Brent and Mel and Kevin, and they just do such amazing stuff. And whereas in 2023, Cat Country 98.7 aired more than 10,000 public service announcements for nonprofit events and causes. Their on-air personalities broadcasted or emceed dozens of events to help organizations like the Big Brothers Big Sisters Gala, Men Who Cook for Pay Center for Girls, Pens- all right, just on the Pay Center for Girls, you know, <laughs> you guys have won that like the last two years too, you know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, Pensacola Fireworks on the 4th of July, the USO and Leadership Pensacola to name just a few. So yeah, clearly they can cook in addition to, to, 
to do the radio. I have the uh, the luxury of having won that one time. Uh, he's talking about all of us together because Bender's always in this competition with us and used to do it with Brent and then do it with Big Moose. And then Big Moose has just been killing it the last few years. And uh, I've won that with Moose once and once on my own. Uh, but yeah, we do, we do like to cook. <laughs> we do love to eat, that's for sure. Whereas Cat Country 98.7 is one of the most recognized brands in Pensacola. WYCT is the only broadcasting company with four PACE awards presented to its leaders by the Greater Pensacola Chamber. That's crazy. And whereas, during the past 20 years, Cat Country has received the Country Music Association's Station of the Year twice, the Academy of Country Music Station's Station of the Year five times, the National Association of Broadcasters' Friend in Need Award three times, and the National Association of Broadcasters' Crystal Award three times. I mean, Cat Country literally is prohibited from entering something every year because they had just won it the previous year. <laughs> like, they do amazing stuff. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that the Board of County Commissioners of Escambia County, Florida, hereby recognizes WYCT Cat Country 98.7 for all their contributions to the citizens of Escambia County, Florida over the past 20 years. 20 years as an independent radio station, independent radio station cluster. It's in an, in an era of syndication and national networks of several hundred stations in size it's amazing it really this doesn't happen i'm just telling you i've done radio in a lot of different places and it just doesn't happen doesn't exist it's amazing because typically you're like sole proprietor you know family owned is like some one small station in a market right you know and it's number you know 14 on a list of 17 stations and to have both cat country and news radio you know it's amazing. And then to have ESPN Pensacola and to be able to and playlist and be able to employ so many people, it's impressive. So uh, Dave Hoxing, of course, our owner and founder, spoke last night. Thank you all very much. Um, it, it's really an honor to be here and um, and with our team, uh, which are a bunch of really hardworking people, well, just like you are. And one thing I was thinking as I was sitting, uh, waiting for our opportunity to speak was that the future of our community really depends on what happens in this room with you all and with our very important staff. And I just want to thank you all for your dedication to making our community better. So thanks very much. Amen thank to you, that. Dad. Not one to miss an opportunity to make a joke. Lumen May, Commissioner District 3. On a lighter note, I didn't know that Brent Lane really owned a radio station. I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, man, you're giving away secrets now. Uh, I think on behalf of our staff, we just want to say that uh, this is very unique. We really are, we are a locally owned radio station, and that is very rare in our industry. It and is. it has been uh, a, the dream of, like for Mel and I, we get to live our dream every day by, by entertaining and being there and serving the community. And I know Mel got up at three o'clock this morning to be ready for a storm that was plowing through the area today, but that's what we get to do on David Mary's dream. So thank you for letting us live our dreams and we appreciate the opportunity to serve. Absolutely. And uh, you know, listen, I give a lot of credit to David Mary uh, for bringing me here, Kevin for helping bring me here, but also Brent. I mean, if Brent, you know, Brent has been absolutely instrumental to me in being able to do this show. So uh, give credit to him as well. And he's a good, good, good friend. He's 40 feet away from me right now. He doesn't know I'm doing this for him all this morning, but it's appropriate. And then here's the unicorn. This is the unicorn. You ready? Yep. Mary Hoxing spoke at the meeting. What? Mary never, ever, ever speaks in public because wow. she can possibly avoid it. And she never goes on the radio. And if her ears are burning this morning and she's listening, she'll know, Andrew, how dare you? 
Oh, I dare. <laughs> Mary? Mary? Do you have do you have any words, Mary? <laughs> Mary. Yeah. Mary. <laughs> I love public speaking. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, this has been, for Dave and I, it's been almost a 40-year dream um, coming to reality, and to be recognized by our community is really what it's all about. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I just... Uh, I'd, I appreciate them every day. They uh, they help my kids have a house and you know, us to have cars and them to have food, and uh, they make it possible for me to do what I do and have so much fun doing it. And Jake and David and mm -hmm. you know Joe and everybody. So, uh, congratulations to Cat Country. Twenty years is uh, pretty impressive. Jake's got our traffic on the fives. Jake, just like when I was touring on the road, you know, a lot of the times the artists that you play for and the people that you work for in that kind of business, some of them are doing it just just to do it. They're not really making a lot of money. They're just mm -hmm. making sure that everybody has a job and we can go out there and have fun every day. And uh, I feel like in this business a lot, you know, it's just, it's about that, you know, and they really have made some people's dreams come true. So thank you, Dave and Mary. Uh, I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds this morning. If you're coming out of Milton through Pace on uh, Highway 90, no accidents reported there on into town. Davis Highway is clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Brenton, Fairfield. Also uh, clear from 12th Avenue through to Palavox and W Street. And looks like Highway 29 South or Cantonment is clear into town. If you see anything out there slowing you down, always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You know, when um, I talked to Christine Leavenworth about, like, what she does, what her values are, what's important to her, she always kind of says two things. The way we work with our clients is communication and system. Communication system. Communication is just always being available, always answering questions, always helping people feel like they've they really understand what the process is that we're doing. And then the system is honestly like almost like a science thing. They've got it figured out that if you, you know, you set the price this way, you stage it this way, you put these photos, when you put them up, when you do the open houses, just kind of like across the board, what they do produces Quick, easy sales, often even above list price, or at least, you know, frequently enough that it's worth saying, right? Even these days. I mean, it used to be you could almost do that easy, but they were doing better than that. But so it's the system they've got for selling homes is just unbelievable. They also, of course, help you buy homes. Why? Because they know how to sell homes. They know how to buy homes. I mean, it makes sense either way. Buying, selling, adding a home to your portfolio. Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, 723-9158. Here's today's strength for life. As Christians, we make much of Jesus' efficacious death through crucifixion, and we make much of his resurrection from the grave, and we should. However, a major moment in the life of Christ that's often overlooked is his ascension. After all, Christ's ascension is his coronation, his exaltation, his enthronement. It signifies mission accomplished and job well done. At his ascension, Jesus is once again seated at the right hand of God the Father, and his enemies become his footstool. On the day that Jesus ascended, two promises promises were made. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come, and indeed he did powerfully in Acts chapter 2. Secondly, one of the angels promised that Jesus would return in the same way that he was received up into heaven. The ascension is important because it is a reminder that Jesus is coming again, and as Christians we say with John the Revelator, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. You know, if you're thinking about that next vehicle, trying to decide where to go, what to shop for, used or new, let me recommend a kind of a mix between the two, which is Frontier Motors. Now, it's it's not new, okay? Don't I don't, but it's not used in the sense you might think of either. 
you know, it's not a car that's like eight or 10 years old and you're just kind of hoping that it's going to work. These are cars that are like new, except you avoid the depreciation loss from driving it off the lot. So they're a year, two, three years old with low miles and great condition, the kind of car that, you know, you're going to pick up at 20,000 and you're going to put 150,000 miles on it, which is, I mean, that's how I drive cars. It's the Dave Ramsey way of buying good quality used cars. They really live that philosophy and they have a great selection, about 300 cars, trucks, vans, minivans on the lot. You can compare a wide variety, whatever category of car you're looking in into right side by side you can compare them and drive as many as you want to drive and i recommend you drive a bunch drive five or six don't just drive one and buy it drive five or six frontier motors serving the pensacola community for more than 25 years right behind the big buffalo on beverly parkway be sure to tell them andrew mckay says hi let's get to the points mastercard reward points from Pinair credit union open a new account today and you can earn twenty thousand free reward points in the first 90 days use those points for travel merchandise even cash back and with no hidden fees and no balance transfer fees, Penair's Reward MasterCard fits you perfectly. Get started online at penair.org slash credit cards. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Offer available on new accounts only. See website for details. A-R-G-O-S, Argos! Go Argos! Go This is Claire Stewart with the University of West Florida. Did you know that UWF has educational programming available to individuals of all ages? Learn about the curriculum provided through our leisure learning program at UWF with Valerie Taylor and Julie Stillrollin on the Pensacola Expert Panel. That's tomorrow at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3. Here are the News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30-day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 92.3 AM1620 are non-transferable, non-redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 92.3 AM1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30-day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio92.3.com. Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. Silence, you ninny. Florida is the state for fiscal responsibility and for economic freedom. The recklessness of spending, borrowing, and printing of money over the past four years by the federal government has driven up the costs of everything from groceries to housing and has saddled Americans with high interest rates. The national debt now stands at an astounding $34 trillion. In New York City, there's a famous debt clock that shows the national debt going up in real, real time. I'd like to see one of those made for Florida's debt. Only a Florida debt clock would be counting down, not up, because we have paid down nearly 25% of our state's debt over the past four years. Imagine that. I am. I'm always fascinated by how applause happens in these public settings. But uh, the governor giving his um, campaign rally speech for the Iowa caucus. I'm sorry, the uh, state of the state address yesterday. I just uh, it's easy to misunderstand because uh, it was very much a campaign speech, but it was a fair campaign speech. I, I don't say there's a criticism. I just think, you know, admit the obvious. And the obvious is he's running for president. He talked about it a bunch yesterday. If you took the share of the national debt 
and apportion that to every individual American, it would be $100,000 a pop that each American would owe. Florida, the average individual Floridian share of our state debt, hitting $100,000. It's $661, the lowest per capita debt in all of these United States. That is the way you do this. It was a weird number one and a weird number 50, depending on what the issue was. And uh, he's right. Compared to the other states, we're doing extraordinarily well, including in attracting and retaining law enforcement, something that a lot of other states have really struggled with. Who has the fact that in Florida, we are proudly the law and order state. Our policies... Our policies to support law enforcement personnel, to combat riots, to keep criminals off the street, and to remove lawless prosecutors from office have kept Florida at a 50-year low in the crime rate and have brought new law enforcement recruits to Florida from all of the other 49 states. Yeah, you know, he made a big deal about the law enforcement officers that have moved here, like from Illinois, but also from California, from New York, from a lot of all the states have gotten somebody here, but very easy to recruit to Florida for law enforcement. We pay well, and they like you. <laughs> That's it. That's the selling point. People want to move here, and cops want to move here, which is a problem for other states because they're having trouble retaining their police force, even as they have all of this, you know, defund the police kind of nonsense. Even though they're not doing that much anymore, they're realizing, oh, maybe that was a bad idea. You think? 726 on News Radio 92.3. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? Okay, no major accidents or slowdowns to report. We've got our normal school zones like Highway 90 going by Beulah Elementary and uh, 98 going by Gulf Breeze High School, but, but not major slowdowns there. Just a little bit slow getting through those areas. Uh, looks like Avalon Boulevard is clear through Garson Point Bridge. No slowdowns on Cervantes. Bayfront Parkway showing no delays. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. This traffic report is brought to you by Barberry Plumbing. When it's time to call a plumber, call the best of the Bay winner, Barberry Plumbing, at 477-8782. If you see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You know, and one of the things that the governor didn't talk too much about, but it was certainly true, is... I think, you know, with all of the uh, comparative advantages of Florida when it comes to education, I think a lot of that stuff is actually going to get to be an even greater gap between us, where we had school in session in person. You know, I mean, it's kind of optional for a little while, but then we got back in school pretty quickly. A lot of these states where kids were not in school for a long time during COVID, that's going to be one of these long-term consequences that those populations are going to suffer from, and you're going to start to see that in you know, a couple of years when you start to see test scores, when you start to see college admissions and things like that, that um, and productivity, frankly, you can't help but find that be an impact on the society. So that's going to be one of these long term payoffs in Florida of doing it right when it came to education during covid. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David. Well, Governor DeSantis and Nikki Haley will be debating tonight in Iowa. Of course, uh, Donald Trump skipping the debate again and uh, expected to win the upcoming Iowa caucus anyway. Uh, Trump counter-programming with a town hall meeting tonight as well. The Coast Guard says they've arrested six smugglers and seized over $30 million worth of cocaine. The crew of the uh, cutter Margaret Norvell intercepting those drugs in international waters in the Caribbean on Tuesday. The six suspected smugglers will now be uh, prosecuted by the Department of Justice and Andrew, I think I may have found my true calling oh, in life. Do tell. Not, not as a. <laughs> Saw this yesterday. Oscar Meyer is looking for hot doggers to drive the Wienermobile across the country. Uh, yeah, 
Just that's, have to that's, say. It. <laughs> that's it. What more can I say? It's driving the Wienermobile. The headline is the story. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, <laughs> Apparently, this job they uh, they did post a job opening. They are hiring for uh, people to drive the Wienermobile. It pays thirty five grand a year plus one hundred fifty dollars a week for travel. And uh, they say the average hot dogger, that's the actual job title, drives twenty thousand miles and visits forty cities every year. But can I raise a point of order on this? Sure. You're not allowed to do like donuts in the Wienermobile. You You're don't not think? drag racing in the Wienermobile. In fact. Hmm. Honestly, that sounds like a lot of fun to watch. You know, <laughs> I'm not in favor of the street racing, but if if the Wienermobile was in a street race, I'm watching that show. I'm just saying. Yes. But they, I'm pretty sure that it's a very safe, steady, calm, obey the speed limits kind of job, even though they're calling it hot doggers. I just don't think that's the reality. Yeah. Well, Andrew ruins everything. I, I do. Yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, aside from your other endeavors, of which there are many. You're going to add hot dogger to your, your your list of accolades. All right, very good. Uh, what do you have coming up in your news, sir? Well, they are still looking at red light cameras despite opposition in Tallahassee. More after Fox. Fox News, and I'm Chris Foster. The fifth Republican presidential debate tonight is just between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. In Des Moines, Iowa, there's also a Fox News-hosted town hall with former President Trump. Haley did one of those Monday, Governor DeSantis, last night. Donald Trump's running for his issues. Nikki Haley's running for her donors' issues. I'm running for your issues, your family's issues, and to turn this country around. And that's my sole focus. The Iowa caucuses are on Monday. The House Homeland Security Committee holds a hearing this morning about impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. A group of state attorneys general from Oklahoma, Missouri, and Montana will testify about how the ongoing migrant crisis has impacted their states despite not being located near the southern border. Fox's Ryan Schmelz in D.C. Two other House committees are debating a resolution today to hold the president's son Hunter Biden in contempt for defying a subpoena. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 731 at News Radio 92.3. It is 38 degrees, mostly sunny this morning in Pensacola. The search for a missing Pensacola woman continues. Family, friends, volunteers, and of course, Pensacola police are still looking for a local mother of four, Kayla Atwood, who was last seen about a week ago after she dropped her kids off at daycare. She's a tough girl. She's very tough. She's been through a lot. And through it all, She's never run away. That's Kayla's sister-in-law, Teresa Blue. Atwood was seen in a picture near a Penske moving van. Uh, family members say she would have had no reason to run away. They don't believe she'd leave her kids. PPD investigating all possibilities into Atwood's disappearance. If you have any information, contact Pensacola Police. Well, Governor DeSantis declaring a state of emergency in 46 different counties across the state yesterday after the severe weather. He gave details about the state's response to that weather. We have also deployed Florida Highway Patrol troopers to the Panhandle who are actively escorting critical equipment and personnel into impacted areas. FDOT crews have already cleared down trees on I-10 in Walton and Holmes counties. And uh, that emergency declaration yesterday opens the state up for federal funding. It would also suspend statutes that could delay any response recovery. Well, there's two proposed constitutional amendments that would like to ban red light cameras across the state. But despite that, Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves says the city is still moving forward with implementing the red light camera plan. That proposal's up for a second reading at next week's city council meeting. There's no cost to us that's in our agreement with with the vendor. 
uh, that if if we get down the road or equipment goes in uh, or anything like that, and then then there's a uh, there's legislation passed that that prohibits it, uh, there'll be no cost to the city, no cost to the taxpayer. Reeve says another reason they're moving forward still is because it would take several months to get those cameras installed anyhow. Uh, Scambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons is going to be seeking a second term. Yesterday, the Scambia Supervisor of Elections Office did confirm that Sheriff Simmons had pre-filed to run as a Republican. Back in 2020, Simmons defeated David Alexander in a race uh, featuring two former PPD chiefs. Well, yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis gave the State of the State address to kick off the legislative session in Tallahassee. As expected, the Democrat Party responded, and they didn't seem fond of what was said. All right, my, 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 that was not a State of the State address. That was a State of a Loser address. Uh, That is State Representative Anna Eskimani there, and uh, she claimed DeSantis isn't governing in Florida as he's currently campaigning for president elsewhere. Of course, the governor was in Florida yesterday, but made it to Iowa later that night for a town hall meeting on Fox News. He's uh, still in Iowa tonight for a debate with Nikki Haley. That'll be on CNN. It is 734 News Radio 92.3. And uh, let's go ahead and get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing so far? Okay, I'm not seeing anything out there. Um, Well, actually, just as soon as I go to my map, these things start popping up. Uh, But... Eh, no major slowdowns or accidents uh, at 72nd Avenue again, just like yesterday. 72nd Avenue and uh, West Jackson Street. Uh, we have the roadway blocked. Uh, looks like that is a vehicle crash with roadblock there. So if you're headed down 72nd Avenue uh, this morning at Jackson Street, there is an accident there. But otherwise around town, we're looking good. Highway 98 coming out of uh, Gulf Breeze and Navarre. Either direction, you're looking good. Uh, Highway 29 south out of Cantonment, no accidents reported. And if you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, no accidents reported there. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call us, 437-1620. This traffic report is brought to you by Frontier Motors. Frontier Motors is the only dealer Dave Ramsey recommends in Pensacola. Frontier Motors on Beverly Parkway. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Five. Thank you very much, Jake. And taking a look at our weather for, uh, well, for today, it's very cold right now. It's 38 degrees in Pensacola, all the way down to 33 in Milton this morning. Uh, now, we are going to see sunshine today. It'll warm up into the 50s, then back into the 40s overnight tonight. Tomorrow, we're going to start seeing some increase in cloudiness. It'll warm up again into the mid-60s. And uh, then on Friday, we've got a chance of rain even warmer in the 70s. Uh, but after that, temperatures are going to drop back down, way down, and uh, seeing some uh, pretty low temperatures as we head into early next week. Right now, 38 in Pensacola, 37 in Gulf Breeze, 33 in Milton. Sunshine all around. Our next news at 8 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Regeneron CEO Leonard Schlieper says the next big thing for biotech isn't artificial intelligence, but instead the company's newest venture associating genes with disease, other known as gene therapy. It's going to drive the entire pharmaceutical industry. The CEO says that the company is working on developing various new cancer treatments and drugs that combat muscle loss using this technology. Testing on various medications will begin later this year. 
NASA is delaying upcoming missions of its flagship Artemis lunar program by about a year to finish developing necessary technology. NASA leadership says the Artemis II mission, which will be the first to carry crew, is now targeting September of 2025. Artemis III, which will be the first to send humans to the lunar south pole, is scheduled for September of 2026. Futures are currently mixed. The Dow Industrials were down 157 yesterday. That's your money now. Hey, Escambia. Today, ECUA is talking trash. Specifically, bulk waste. July 1st, 2023, bulk service changed to call for pickup. Schedule a pickup by calling the ECUA Customer Service Department anytime before 2 p.m. on the day prior to your normal pickup day. Bulk pickup is still included at no additional charge. Schedule a free bulk waste or special pickup for construction debris for an additional fee. Call customer service at 850-476-0480. More information at ecua.fl.gov. Know what to throw, 850 850- Secret offers, guaranteed returns, over-the-top promises that you too can make fast money. These are all red flags that you should be wary of when looking at investment opportunities. Visit Florida's Office of Financial Regulation website 24-7 to learn what questions to ask before you invest. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Visit flofr.gov to learn more. This message is sponsored by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru love promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pets in our communities, too. By supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Barktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Bruce. And the love continues through donations, volunteering, and monetary support. Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep at Anderson Subaru Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. We are not decided. We haven't made the 100% decision to demolish. But going back to what I mentioned about the, you know, being respectful of the taxpayer, we have to enter this project with the idea that we would demolish. So lots of talk about Baptist, the former Baptist property, the funding from the state. The uh, are we going to actually commit to demolish it in order to get the state to give us the eight million dollars? 
or are we going to hold out to commit because we're worried that it's going to be much more than $16 million to actually fix the property into a usable shape and taking out the three that comes from Baptist and the sum that comes from the county? What number are we left with? Well, at 16, we're left with you know, a couple million. If it turns out to be 20, we're left with a whole lot more. And do we want to encumber the uh, city with that kind of an obligation? Joining us now, Mayor D.C. Reeves. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Good so, morning. Good to have you. So my one question is, and you did talk a little bit about this yesterday, but if the property doesn't get demolished, when what's the alternative? It can't just sit there for forever and ever, can it? Right. I mean, there's a couple things. Obviously, uh, like any you know building that that would be you know not being used would have to be held to certain standards, or you know it would end up being code issues, and that would be anywhere. But no, I mean, what I was saying is bigger than that. I get a lot of emails and and people reaching out saying, "Hey, I've got an idea. I just got an email last night. I got an idea. Why are you going to tear the buildings down? Why don't you repurpose them now?" We there have been, and Baptist can speak to this better than me. Several people with that same idea that have gone into the towers. And walked out uh, with with uh, shrugged shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so, but but that's not necessarily a decision that has to be made today. What needs, and that's what I was saying during the press conference, is look, we have to treat this as if we need the funding to get the buildings demolished. Now, if there's a way to save Tower Three because of X, Y, and Z, and then that could be repurposed, uh, you know, uh, the way I see it is that if this all happens and the funding happens. The city is going to have significant expense uh, or the master developer in terms of getting it shovel ready. I mean, there, there's environmental questions under there. You know, so so that's why I've been very uh, I've tried to be very conscious of the taxpayer on the front end of this, because, look, there's a lot of unknowns to this property moving forward. So, you know, how much money the city and county puts in, how much money the Baptist puts in and how the sta- the capital is stacked here. Uh, you know, you have to go under the presumption that there's going to be some costs after the demolition. And um, so, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of that as well. So, so doesn't, uh, but, but we've got to treat it as if we need all the money. But doesn't that run the risk? Because you're, aren't you running the risk of losing the state money? I, I totally get the concern about the cost being a lot higher than just 16 and a half. But if you can't say we're going to demolish it, then maybe we can't get the $8 million from the state either, right? Isn't that a, a risk? No, yeah. Uh, let me let me correct that. Yes, the, the project, as it is stated, is to demolish the building. I guess what I was saying is there's so much more work to do. There, there isn't going to be a scenario, uh, just to be clear, that there's going to be no uh, demolishing and that we would repurpose everything. That, that, that's not going to happen purely because of environmental. If there are fragments of of the legacy campus that could be saved. Those are things we can entertain. But but I'm saying we are, as far as the project goes, we are moving forward that it will take full abatement and and the, and the demolish uh, demolishment of the main campus and towers. That's that's how we're treating it at this point. So um, no, we're not we're not getting into it. That's kind of my point, Andrew. We're not getting into discussions about can we save this tower or that floor or this part of the building. At this point, okay. a lot of people want to have those conversations with us and with the Baptists, but it, they're just not it's not the right time to even have those. We have to treat this as that we're going to demolish the entire thing. And I would I would say sitting here right now, percentages say that will be, uh, the, the, you know, that is that is the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, of uh, of what will end up having to happen there. I know from everything that we know so far. One of the concerns you clearly expressed yesterday was that, uh, you know, the unknowns, as you even said this morning, the, the unknowns and the potential additional costs on top of that $16.5 million. Um, but is it not 
could you not put out for an RFQ or an RFP or something to get a, you know, get a couple of numbers so then you could feel more confident about making the obligation or, you know, really making a decision so that we could get the, like the state money secured and then start looking for the other sources with the county and all that? We could, um, you know, we, there, there were several, when we started going down the direction of a formal donation agreement, yeah. uh, which was the first step we took, uh, you know, we had several environmental questions that were going to, that were going to take longer than this legislative session to answer. Um, and that's how we, why we've pivoted into more of this non-binding letter of intent was to say, Hey, we, we, we Baptist and the city are in general agreement that if we're able to procure the funding, that the city is amenable to taking the property. That's ultimately what, what okay. we have signed at this point. Okay. Um, and so, so look, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we're looking for is, and I mentioned is, uh, I, I think this is, this can be a transformational project. We want to be as helpful as po- possible. I know uh, Baptist wants to see this happen. Certainly we do. Uh, but I also have other responsibilities of, you know, the, the worst case scenario for the city is to get partial funding and then and then take donation of the property. Yeah. Uh, because as I said, we already have unknowns with full funding uh, of the property. Uh, if we start getting into partial funding of the property, uh, that's just not something as, as much as I want to see this happen. That's not something that I can put on the taxpayer at this point, because there we, we got enough unknowns as it is. And and, and what I've said to everybody involved in this, I think, you know, our delegation Baptist is, look, there's a little bit of risk in this in all for all of us. But but for great things to happen and for a transformational projects to happen, you know, this is not going to work out with the you know, with the little risk that I want to take or that the delegation wants to take or that Baptist wants to take. We're we're just going to all have to say, hey, we're going to put our heads together. There's going to be some discomfort in, in making this happen for all of us in some way, uh, be it financial or bandwidth or or uh, whatever. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and by the way, I totally understand that uh, there have been some experiences so far under your uh, mayorship where costs have been higher and unexpectedly higher for a variety of infrastructure and you know building things that you, you, it's very reasonable for you to think that the cost might be more than uh, initially anticipated. We're talking to Mayor D.C. Reeves, uh, City of Pensacola Mayor. We'll get back to him in just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. All right, we're not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report. If you're on uh, West Jackson Street near 72nd Avenue, there is a collision there causing some backup. Also, I-10 getting on to I-110 eastbound. Uh, We have a uh, vehicle collision on the exit ramp there, so uh, it's going to be bumper to bumper getting on to I-110 from 10 eastbound. And uh, let's see here, I-10 westbound just before the Pine Forest exit. We've got some backup there as well. If you see anything out there, let us know, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. I have a, a, a very particular question for Mayor Reeves that will pertain to other people, but it's uniquely also pertains to me. City council chambers, if I'm not mistaken, you said are actually under renovation now, which is why you're not doing meetings there. Still, you're going to video stream the meetings and podcasts or, and post the videos of the council meetings, yes? Uh, yeah, we are ha- we're moving them to Hagler Mason, so we already have the infrastructure. Oh, good. Okay, so it's all set up. Okay. To, uh, so we've we've actually, if you haven't been, it looks uh, it looks really nice. We've redone Hagler, which of course is where a lot of our citizens interact or or play a part in city government uh, in terms of you know committees and boards and things like that. So uh, that has been refreshed and revamped. Uh, you, you won't recognize it from uh, from the 1970s uh, previously and. And honestly, that's the same thing with council chambers. You know, there's kind of a running joke, but it's not a joke that the chair that I sit in at the mayor's office is older than me. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in, in council chambers, and um, you know, the other thing I always say is, you know, 
the furniture we've had the furniture and the, some of those the fixtures so long that they've become vintage. They might be actually worth more than they would have been. Uh, I wonder if they might be ago, uh, protected under historical preservation. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. Yeah, we we care about that. That's so right. City, we, and we certainly have done that with our furniture. So, um, you know, but I think it's good. At the end of the day, where the citizen interacts, I think it's you know we should show our employees, we should show our citizens. These folks who do invest their time and energy into to helping city government, you know, that we show that say, hey, this matters to us. That when you Agreed. walk in city I, yeah. hall, and that, and that was like, budgeted. They've been working on that, respect. yeah, from before that. So that's all good. Uh, new city attorney Adam Cobb, uh, at least if he gets confirmed uh, by the city council next week. Um, the one thing I noted on his resume is he was uh, accomplishment was defeating the fish hatchery. And also prote- protecting public access for uh, beaches, I think, in Escambia County. Um, so I guess he was kind of an adversary to the city, uh, at least to a former mayor uh, on a project in the city previously, right? Yeah, well, and, and what I what I really like about uh, uh, Adam's work so far is, of course, all of his experience, and he's really one of the most respected real estate attorneys uh, in the city, in the region. And as you can, I mean, we could rattle off, you could rattle off how many projects that we have coming up, whether it be Maritime Park, Baptist Hospital, American Magic, um, and others that uh, so much of what we do is either ordinance related or real estate related, um, you know, lease related uh, in terms of uh, work at the city. So so that's the ideal skill set you'd want for any city attorney. Uh, And then I mentioned in the press conference, you know, I like the fact that uh, this is someone who grew up here, moved away. Uh, built a lot of experience, moved back here, actually kind of around the same time I did, and and wants this uh, opportunity not because he needs it, uh, but because he cares about this city, which is uh, very similar to how I feel about my job. This is not something that, that I had to do. This is something that uh, I wanted to step in. Because I wanted to do it because I care about this place and, and where my daughter's going to grow up and all of those things. So, um, so I like that mentality coming into a job that you have this greater sense of purpose of why you're doing it. And um, so certainly excited to get him on. I know our city attorney offices uh, and John Daniel and Begman Lane have done an awesome job. They'll continue to play roles in certain aspects, the airport and others, as they were doing previously when we had a, a full-time city attorney on board. So what? excited to get Adam on board and we're expecting early February. Do you anticipate he's going to shuffle the rest of staff at all? Because there's other people that work for you in the city attorney's office, just not you don't have a lead. Does, has he expressed any um, any plans for the rest of the staff in the, in the attorney's office? Well, uh, what I'd say the precedent so far in this administration is any department director is going to come in and and they deserve to have the purview to make, you know, any assessment they want that not just being staffing, but, you know, how it's organized. What Mm -hmm. what is this person's scope and that person's scope? Um, Certainly, any department director is going to be held accountable to make sure that their department is successful. Well, the only way to do that is that the department runs the way that they need it to run for it to be successful. So. Um, so I don't really stand in the way of those types of decisions, uh, you know, because how, if I do, how can I hold that person accountable uh, to, to performance in their department? So, I gotcha. uh, like, so no different. Like any Parks and Rec, uh, we actually are excited. We're starting a, a facilities and fleet management division now um, because we're really taking maintenance. Uh, you're going to see that on the January agenda that we're hiring uh, a director over uh, facilities and fleet. So mm-hmm. we actually are – we care enough about maintenance to say – how we take care of our vehicles and our assets, our buildings, is now not secondary parts of public works and sanitation, but it's its own department. And, and so we're really trying to 
you know, kind of put our effort where our mouth is on that. And uh, so same thing for, for him as well, okay. is that he'll have the purview to set that up the way he needs to. Um, next week in the meeting, you're going to do the second reading for the building height ordinance, the red light camera ordinance, the driver safety panhandling ordinance, and the tree trimming ordinance. Um, and those things didn't even make your list of priorities for the year. I guess you're counting them as December accomplishments. So we'll look forward to a big meeting next week. Uh, we always like to get uh, to talk about some frivolous, silly things, lightning round kind of stuff with the mayor. Uh, when you cut into a king cake with the knife, let's say you're in a, uh, a public area like at work. Let's say there's a king cake served mm-hmm. at the uh, city hall. What do you do with the knife after you cut into it? Uh, I set it right in the middle of the king cake. You know, <laughs> uh, you know the, it's usually plastic. It's you know, it's up it's up on the seventh floor. You know? All right, very uh, that good. Was, that's my last memory of doing that. You don't stab it like Excalibur. Okay, fair enough. Well, this is a question we talked about uh, earlier in the week. I'll try that next uh, next yeah. year or, or this this Mardi Gras season. I'll try. It. When you were a kid, where was that special place that your parents took you? Could be a restaurant. Doesn't have to be a restaurant. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm talking the old school Chuck E. Cheese, same location, uh, but you know, the scary, uh, mechanical uh, version. <laughs> Animatronic uh, Five Nights you know, at Freddy's Chuck E. Cheese. All right. I like that. Exactly. And showbiz. then, sorry, showbiz. showbiz. Oh no. Okay. And then the last thing is, um, I don't know if you did this yesterday with the day off of school, but, uh, what's a good school day activity, either you remember from your youth or that you did, uh, with the kiddo. Um, with, with Caroline, uh, yeah, t- uh, or with when I was a kid. Either way, you know the weather activity. Oh, what's the fun thing? You. Well, right, it's sports. I would say because I mean I, that's all I did growing up was after school play basketball, baseball, everything, and then now Caroline's a, a big tennis player, so I'm out there as an amateur coach, uh, you know, throwing tennis balls uh, to her whenever I can. So I got we're, you. We were just talking about doing that this weekend. So. Very good, Mayor DC Reeves. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We look forward to the uh, press conference and our interview, and of course the meeting next week. Uh, and as always, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you. Seven fifty four here on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, Pensacola, Dave Ramsey here. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Gulf Coast Air Care. They've been trusted members of your community for over 25 years. Owner Todd St. Ors and his team focus on the indoor air quality side of HVAC for the people who want comfortable, healthy, and energy-efficient homes and workplaces. Gulf Coast Air Care can help you with dusty, moldy, or leaky duct systems, hot or cold rooms, and odors and humidity issues. They test for duct leaks, and they do the repairs. If you need duct cleaning, duct repairs, or air filtration, you should call them today. Remember what Todd always says, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Call Gulf Coast Air Care today at 850-934-2768 or visit them online at gulfcoastaircare.com. That's 850-934-2768 or gulfcoastaircare.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Ben McMillan. And I'm a chiropractor and the owner of Neal Clinic Comprehensive Healthcare. Are you tired of covering up your pain with medications and ready to find the source of your problem and fix it? Then tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel live Friday mornings at 9 a.m. And I'll discuss how chiropractic care can help you. And if you miss Friday's show, you can listen to the replay Saturdays or anytime through the podcast. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. 
Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Okay, Ferris, can we just let it go, please? Ferris, please, come too far. You get busted. A, you can never go too far. B, if I'm gonna get busted, it is not gonna be by a guy like that. Good morning, 757 here on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and Jake has our traffic for us. Go ahead, Jake. All right, looking around town here, looks like uh, Highway 98 uh, getting up into Tiger Point uh, just before the Avalon Boulevard light. That's starting to back up there as normal. I-10 eastbound is is just really, really slow right now. So we had an accident earlier on the ramp getting to I-110 from 10 eastbound. And uh, that is causing backup. Looks like all the way back past the Pine Forest exit eastbound on I-10 uh, heading that direction. So if you're on I-10 this morning, if you can uh, if you can avoid heading towards 110 uh, from Pine Forest, it's, it's just going to be bumper to bumper there until they get that accident out of the way. Mobile Highway showing slow traffic starting around Klondike Road, stretching all the way down to Blue Angel Parkway. Also, uh, looks like... Uh, uh, that that accident's gone at 72nd, so uh, looks like Highway 90 coming out of Milton and Pace is good, and Highway 29 south through Cantonment is accident-free. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620, I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. David? House Republicans are considering holding Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress today for defying a subpoena to appear uh, for a closed-door deposition. Republicans subpoenaed Biden as part of their investigation into the Biden family's business dealings. Hunter says he only wants to answer questions publicly. X says it's launching peer-to-peer payments this year. Uh, X made that announcement Tuesday. They say the new feature will unlock uh, new opportunities for commerce. And NASA delaying the Artemis 2 and 3 missions. They said yesterday the Artemis 2 launch is being pushed back from this November till September of 2025. So Elon Musk has basically said that he wants to turn Twitter X, whatever, uh, into this like comprehensive resource for everything. Right. And kind of piggybacking on the whole PayPal like, you know, didn't he what he, he acquired it or something from he was one of the key players in PayPal. I forget which way that wound up working, but this doesn't surprise me. Because turning uh, X into a financial transaction kind of thing, it, it, I mean, it just seems very much within the realm of Listen what he said before. 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.